Amen, amen. I invite you to stand wherever you are for the reading of God's word, which is found in the book of Matthew, chapter one, verses one through 17. I ask for grace, you all. These are some hard names, so bear with you, pastor. Amen. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Amenadab, and Amenadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Solomon, and Solomon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation of Babylon, Jehoniah was the father of Salithil, and Salithil, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abidu, and Abidu, the father of Elakim, and Elakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok, the father of Achum, and Achum, the father of Elud, and Elud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Mathan, and Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and for David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. Thank you, Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me to read the scripture, God, the best of my capability. God, thank you so much for just using me tonight. Holy Spirit, crucify my flesh. Holy Spirit, rise up within me. Preach this sermon, teach this word to us tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way, not my will, but your will. And Holy Spirit, everyone that's listening under the sound of my voice, wherever they are, may they recognize that they too are part of the story. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Welcome, friends. If you notice, in late August, we started our Walking with Jesus slide, and we, rec we are going to, we recap, I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting ahead of myself. Our Walking with Jesus slide. So at the beginning of August, we did a 10-week series on Teach Us to Pray, where we explored the prayer life of Jesus. And then six weeks, we did our series on Powerful, where we explored the power of Jesus. And for the next six weeks, we enter into our series, The Family Tree, where we will explore the prophecy of Jesus. I used to love Saturdays. Oh, I remember when I was a middle schooler and on Saturdays, my great grandmother, she would come to visit us at my grandmother's house. And every time she would come, she always wanted me to wash her hair. Oh, she had long, pretty white hair that was down her back. And I love to just wash her hair. But what was so amazing about our hair washing Saturdays were all of the wonderful stories that she shared with me about our family history. And you know, as a young child, it was okay. It wasn't all that exciting. But at the same time, I really was listening, trying to pay attention. So as I'm washing her hair, I'm combing her hair, greasing her scalp, and she loved these two little two-hand twists. And then I would crisscross them in the back with a Barbie pin. And she just loved that outfit, I mean, that hairstyle. And she wore it to church on Sunday. She was a mother of her church. Little did I know that those hair washing Saturdays would become something amazing. You see, a generation later, I give birth to my daughter. Now I have children, and I remember sharing stories with them about the stories that my great-grandmother shared with me. My oldest daughter, Destiny, she loves history. She is a research person, and she can connect dots. She loves history, so of course, when Ancestry.com came out, Destiny was on it. So Destiny would call me all the time asking me questions. What did you say great-grandmama's name was? And who did you say was her husband? And, and how many children did Granny have? So she would ask me all of these questions, and little did I know that Destiny was starting something beautiful through Ancestry.com and she had researched so many generations of our family history on my father's side. And she was so good with it that Destiny just didn't stop with Ancestry.com. Oh no, this child of mine, she is a, a force to be reckoned with. She didn't stop there. Once she got enough information, she struck out. She went to Pulaski. She went to read city records and archives. And she found historic landmarks of our family. She found the family history where we lived, all these different relatives. And she even left her name at the library. And my great uncle, the baby great uncle, he came in and he saw her name there and that started a relationship. So now we've been blessed. So Destiny and I went down last year to meet our family in Pulaski. So it is so amazing to know where you come from. As my granny always say, Toy, you'll never know where you're going 
until you know where you came from. Amen. So in our story of the family tree, we're talking about the family tree of Jesus. And for Matthew, it is very important because a person's family line proved that he or her, it proved that they were in good standing with God and they were God's chosen people. So for Matthew, it is especially important that the Jewish people understand Jesus as King, the Messiah, the promised descendant of David who would reign forever. Matthew does a good job of connecting Old Testament and New Testament to show how Jesus fulfills this prophecy. And also what we read in these first 17 verses, we meet 46 people who lifetime spans 2,000 years. Matthew divides this scripture into three sets of 14 generations. Now, all of these ancestors of Jesus, they were related to Jesus. <laughs> but what's amazing here is all of these ancestors of Jesus, they weren't all righteous and they weren't all holy. <laughs> you see, some of Jesus' ancestors, they weren't spiritual, some were spiritual. Some were faithful, some were faithless. Some were righteous, some were unrighteous. Some were men, some were women. Some were giving and some were greedy. Some were humble and some were proudful. Some were powerful and some were powerless. Some were well-known and some were unknown. Some were rich and some were poor. And some were Jews and some were Gentiles. Hmm. Jesus had a very diverse family tree. <laughs> and this is very important. So Matthew starts out letting you know, letting the Jewish readers know his audience. He's starting out by letting them know that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of Abraham, the son of David. He wants them to understand that the Messiah, the anointed one that you are waiting for, this is Jesus. And you know how I know? Because I've done the research and here we go. And he goes into 17 verses, putting it out there plain and simple. This is how Jesus is the Messiah. This is Jesus's relationship. It goes back to Abraham. He's part of David's line. It's Jesus, period. He's Jesus, the Messiah. So let's look at the three sets of 14 generations. First it says, son of Abraham. Now if you remember back in the book of Genesis, God made a covenant with Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make you a great name so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you, I will curse them and your families and all of the earth shall be blessed. And then if you go later in scripture, if you look at Genesis 22 and 18, we are told through Abraham's offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. And for us as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise. 
As a descendant of Abraham, Jesus continues the promise of Abraham. And this is very important because you see, Abraham is the father of all Jews. So this is crucial to Matthew that he proves that Jesus is the descendant of Abraham. Yes, Jesus is the promise for Israel. But Matthew does something different. So normally in history, you always relate yourself to the males in your family. Your father, your grandfather, your great-great-grandfather. But in this genealogy of Jesus, we see that Matthew includes women in the family tree of Jesus. See, it was normal for your relationship, as I said, was from the male figure in your family. But for me, I believe that Matthew is showing that God does not stick with the norm. God goes outside the cultural norm and he includes women in a society where it's all about the men and the relationship. Let's look at these women. Now, here are these women. We're going to talk about four of them first, and we'll talk about the other one later. So we have these four women, and these four women, they're coming from all walks of life. And these four women, now, some of them is a scandal, but yet and still, they are in the family tree of Jesus. Tamar, she's a Canaanite. Remember? She's the one, she was raped by her father-in-law and had children. Then we have Rahab, also a Canaanite. You remember the story, Rahab was the prostitute that protected the spies, you remember that? And then there's Ruth, she's a foreigner, a Moabite. She remembers she worshiped a foreign God until she accepted the same God as her mother-in-law, Naomi. And then there's Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. And we know that story of adultery and murder. I believe these women are placed in the lineage of Jesus to show inclusion of both women and also Gentiles. Praise God for that. I love this. Because see, for Israel, it was all about the Jews and the Jews only. And then men had more prestige than women. But what I see Matthew doing is Matthew understands that yes, Jews and men, but women and Gentiles as well. Jesus is for all people, not just a selective few. Second, he says, and Jesus is from the son of David. So that shows kingship. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in all the land in his days 
In the, his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. As a descendant of David, Jesus inherits the reign or the empire that embodies justice and righteousness for all. Yes, King David was a great king, yet he was filled with lust for a married woman and he had her husband killed in order to marry her. He had family issues of incest within his family and a son who wanted to take his throne, yet God favored David and made a promise. Through all of the greed Israel began to get farther and farther away from God. Israel forgot the God that brought them out of Egypt. Israel had lost their king and their land. And because of this, they are exiled to Babylon where they await the Messiah. But thanks be to God, God did not forget Israel. God remembered them. And God would keep God's promise to them. Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, will restore kingship forever and always. Have you ever been waiting, church? You know, just waiting. You got all hell is breaking loose. You say, if one more thing, one more thing happens, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm tired. You just about to give up. You're just about to lose hope. And then there's Jesus. Just when you've done all you can do, just when you've taken all you can take, just when you've had enough, you're at the end of your rope. Then here comes hope. And hope's name is Jesus. Jesus the Messiah. Listen to 1 John 2, verses 1 through 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for our sins only, but also the sins of the whole world. Thanks be to God. Israel, they've lost the land. They've lost their king. Someone's telling them to come and go. They feel like they're back where they started a long time ago in Egypt while they're in Babylon. But yet while they're working, yet while they're in exile, they await the coming of the Messiah. They await for their Savior, the Savior that they talked about when they were at home at the dinner table, the Savior that grandmother and great-grandmother and aunties and uncles always talked about. This too shall pass. The Savior is coming. Hope is on the way. We will be saved. We will be set free. And for Matthew, 
when he introduces Jesus, the Messiah, you notice he doesn't mention Joseph as the father. He says, Joseph, who married Mary, of whom gave birth to Jesus, the Messiah, of whom? I did some research in the Greek translation, that's singular and feminine, which means that it cannot belong to Joseph. It belongs to Mary. So therefore, what he's showing now, I believe he's setting up the stage for this Jewish girl that is going to give birth in a miraculous way, that is going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. This king is not going to be like any other king. No, this king is the Messiah, meaning the anointed one, meaning the one that is chosen by God to change and save the world. So here's Matthew setting it up, this little sweet girl named Mary, and we'll find out more about that in weeks to come the Jewish girl who gives birth to the savior of the world. It wasn't by her kinship of a male, but by this woman who's also in the lineage of David. So both Joseph and Mary are both from the house of David. So Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, the anointed one. And this is King for Matthew. Well, I did my research and I counted it up, you know, because I was an accountant by trade. So I counted it up and it said it started with Abraham and that's 14 generations. And then it was King David and that was 14 generations. But then when I got to King David, to Jesus the Messiah, it's 41. So when I do math, 14 times three is 42. <laughs> I said, hmm, it's gotta be something significant with this because he puts it in here. He says there's 14 generations from Abraham to David. And then he says there's 14 generations. And as he's doing this, I'm like, okay, what? My math is wrong. And then I thought about it. I said, God, what are you doing right now? And I was in my living room church and the Holy Spirit says, Jesus includes you in the 42. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying to you? We are part of the 42 because of Jesus 41. We are part of the 42. See, Jesus extends himself so he makes me and you part of the story too. We are part of the family tree of Jesus. I don't know about you, church, but this brings comfort and hope to me knowing that if God can take a family tree like Jesus with scandal and murder, adultery and greed and hatefulness and mean and evil and sin, and he can take a family tree like Jesus and show that family favor. And out of that lineage of David, this great king with all these issues, is a Jewish girl that is impregnated by the Holy Spirit that gives birth 
to our Lord and Savior, then thanks be to God, it's hope for me and my scandalous, treacherous, greedy, prideful, trickery, lustful, envy, greedy, crime, scandalous family too. <laughs> I know if God can bring the Savior of the world into a family like mine, and into a family like yours, then there is hope for this world in Jesus. In closing, I'm gonna share a story. I'm gonna share a story about a friend of mine. This friend of mine was one of the neighborhood drunks. When I would come to work, Different guests would say, Pastor Toy, we got him. He would be stretched out, drunk from last night. And the whole community took care of him. When it would rain or snow if it's bad weather, the Sarge in the precinct and his team they knew where he hung out and fell asleep. So they would drive through the community in East Nashville and they would find him. And so they would make sure they would take him to jail and let him stay there where he's warm and he's safe. Now he didn't have a record. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. He didn't have a criminal record, no. It was these officers that loved my friend so much that when the weather was bad, they were on the lookout for him. One day he came to my office and he sat down and flumped down like this. He said, I'm a mess. He says, I'm nothing but a tramp, even God can't do nothing with me. Church, that broke my heart. And I said to my friend, let me tell you about my friend. And I told my friend how God created us in God's image. I said, you know the image like you have parents and you look like your parents, you act like your parents, you have different ways about you that resemble your parents. I said, well, God is the supersonic amazing parent. And so therefore he created us to be in his image. He said, even a tramp like me, ain't no way God could do something with a tramp like me. I said, brother, he took a messed up person like me. He'll take a messed up person like you. I said, you are part of God's family. And so we prayed together and he asked me, he said, I ain't got much time and I don't do church, but can you baptize me? So we took care of my friend and he was baptized. And then I got the call three, four weeks later. My friend had passed away. 
But it's hope, church, because he is my friend that entered the doors and sat in the chair that slumped down and thought that he was a tramp and thought that even God couldn't do anything with him only to be told that, brother, that's not true. There is hope for you yet because you are a child of God. You are a part of the family tree. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.